The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Ready to talk sports with Daryl and Sam. Welcome to Sports Info UM featuring Daryl Oliver and Sam Sword. These guys know the sport like nobody else. From former players to coaches to the great figures of the NFL, you'll get the inside scoop on what's going down today in football and other sports. Now, here's Daryl and Sam. And welcome to Sports Info UM. Sam, what's going on, man? There's a lot of things happening in our state of Florida. University of Miami went down to Florida State. But the big story coming out of the state of Florida, coming from South Florida, down South, where we know the dirty South is, Jonathan, Jonathan Martin is going through some things because this guy named Richie Indigo, Richie Incognito, wants to do some threats towards him, man. Threatening this man's life, threatening all kind of nasty things. What's going on with it, Sam? Uh, well, there well, are one thing, uh, first thing I got to uh, say is, uh, you know, there is a big difference between hazing and bullying. And uh, I, I never thought in my lifetime that I would uh, witness a case of bullying in the National Football League. You know, a lot of times we think of bullying, we think in the, uh, junior high or middle school level or, or elementary, you think of bullying, but we have a professional athlete that is being bullied and uh, he was being bullied uh, to the point where he had to leave the, the culture, the team and he had to get some mental health uh, counseling and uh, you know you have to take these things serious. Uh, you're talking about a young man that's in his second year in the NFL, Jonathan Martin uh, that, was, uh, that felt that the culture, the environment of the Miami Dolphins wasn't safe for him and he decided to, to do something about it and uh, I mean these are things that you have to take uh, very seriously and uh, the Miami Dolphins, uh, they uh, after uh, uh, several days, they've decided to suspend Richie Incognito, and uh, I, I really feel that it's warrant, warranted. And uh, just doing a little research on um, Incognito, uh, you know, uh, the guy has a history of uh, bad behavior, and uh, to to me, he's just a nasty, mean person. He, he's a racist. Uh, they, there's no way around it. Uh, he used several uh, racial uh, Slurs uh, directed towards Martin and said some very, very harsh things. Uh, my, my question is, what did the Dolphins know and when did they know it, Daryl? Uh, those are the questions that the Miami Dolphins are going to have to answer. And uh, another thing, um, this guy, uh, Incognito, he was on the uh, leadership committee for, for the Miami Dolphins. So he's a guy that they looked at as a leader. Uh, to me, he had everyone food. And uh, I, I really don't feel that he acted alone, Daryl. I'll say this, Sam. I'm not so um, quick to call someone a racist because they use racial slurs. Um, however, 
I'm going to say this. When we start, when, when, when the NFL starts prying into this situation a little bit deeper, and we start talking about situations, offensive linemen are the closest knit group on any football team I've ever been a part of. And the closest person to those offensive linemen is their offensive line coach. And I've never been around an offensive line coach that didn't have a special relationship with at least two or three or four of those guys that are, that are on that offensive line. And if you're going to sit here and tell me that Jim Turner, the offensive line coach for the Miami Dolphins, did not have a sense of something going wrong, did not have a sense of some relationship or communications that was not just right between his offensive linemen, it, we, we all wrong. We all sadly mistaken, man. This guy knew if nobody else knew, the offensive line coach knew. I'm not just going to blame the offensive line coach. Uh, maybe he knew. The offensive line, they, they are a, a close group. Uh, you're in a, a, a little different environment in the National Football League than you are in college. Uh, it's not as much buddy-buddy. But uh, I, I will say this. I guarantee you uh, one of the offensive linemen knew. And uh, you, you're talking about guys uh, – that uh, when it's time to be strong, uh, they turn their cheek. Uh, Word the other veterans. Someone knew what was taking place there. And this is not the only story that's circulating in Miami. There are stories of uh, the Dolphins veterans that are using the younger players as ATMs to um, – to help with the, the lifestyle that they want to live, you know, handing guys $30,000 uh, restaurant tabs. Now, there is a thing as, as a rookie dinner. Uh, all rookies participate in it, but normally that dinner is based off the level of, of your contract, your draft status. But a $30,000 bill, Daryl, uh, a $15,000 trip uh, that was helped pay for by Mr. Martin when he's not even a rookie, I mean, that's taking advantage of a guy. To me, Incognito and some of the other veterans, they need to be held accountable right now. Uh, I really feel because of the statements and some of the texts and voicemails that uh, – Incognito left to Martin. That's why he's been suspended. But I, I will say this. Uh, Stephen Ross, he's going to get to the bottom of this. And uh, I, I can tell you one thing about the owner. He, he, it, winning and losing is not going to matter. Salaries will not matter. If guys, guys are going to pay the price if, if, they're found, if, if they're found to be guilty in this situation. And, and really, sometimes you have to send a message to all these guys. It don't matter how much money you make. I'm willing to cut my ties. I, I'm not going to be a franchise that's going to be known for this type of culture because I tell you what, other teams are going to use this against them when it comes to free agency. Sam, mark my word. This guy's name you'll hear a lot in the near future. Jim Turner. First year, first year offensive line coach in the NFL. He came with Mike Sherman from Texas A&M. He's a young guy. He's never coached in the NFL before. And we're probably going to hear stories about him being bullied by Incognito as well as other players on this team, on other players on the offensive line. But, that, but bullying now, we're, the we're offensive talking line about coach. We're talking about the National Football League. We're not talking about college where you're saying, hey, did you go to class? How's it going? It's about getting your job done. And you, and you know, if 
It's about getting your job done. It, it, it's not about taking the pulse of the room. It's about getting better, getting your job done. These are grown men. You, you're not going to babysit them like you do with kids in college. These guys are professional athletes. They get paid a lot of money to do a job. So I'm not going to say that it's on Jim Turner. If I'm going to hold somebody else accountable, the head coach is ultimately in charge and responsible for everyone in the building. He is the leader. Your position coach, yeah, he might be looked at. But And, and I really feel that if Mr. Turner knew something, Mr. Turner would have spoke out. He would have went to upper management and something would have been said. Now, the young man, uh, Martin, he didn't really say a lot of this stuff took part. He left. He didn't really say why he left. And, and his agents or his representatives released the tapes to the Dolphins, the NFL. They contacted the NFL and asked them to launch an investigation. My thing is the veterans, the leadership on your team, those are the guys who should be ashamed of themselves. Now, if you're a coach and if you knew, if you're anybody in that building and you knew there should be a level of responsibility that you have to accept and you have to take in this. But I'm really disappointed in the players, the veteran leaderships. Where are those guys? Well, I, I feel but he definitely holds some responsibility. But, Sam, you and I both know that a football team consists of individual groups that come together to make a team. Offensive line, they're together. In uh, NFL, we meet six hours a day, and we may practice three, two hours a day. Four or five hours we meet, and two hours we practice. Four hours we meet, and four hours we, we practice. Sam, you can't tell me that an offensive line that consists of maybe eight to 12 guys, and they meet four hours every day that they come to work, that somebody didn't know what was going on. And you can't tell me that the, that the offensive line coach who reports to the head coach didn't have a feel for what was going on with the Miami Dolphins' offensive line. You know, this thing... Hey, Darryl, if, if, they're not, if they're not talking about it in the meeting, how is the coach going to have a feel? You're talking about a guy that's maybe at the building at 5, 6 o'clock. He's leaving at 10 or, or 11 o'clock. If it's not going on in the meeting, you're, we're talking about text messages and voicemails, and, and you might hear some, oh, we went out, and you're not going to even hear that. I've never talked about oh, we went out, we had a blast in front of my coach, whether I was in college or, or in the um, National Football League. Yeah, it's not so, about so, saying that, though. It's about if so we're, I'm if not, we're I'm practice, not buying that. If we're at practice and I don't speak to one, I don't speak to one of my um, fellow running backs, the entire three hours we're together. But you know, Darryl, come on, man. I mean, if you I look at all the evidence, if you look at all the evidence, we, we got a guy that was afraid. I see a guy that was afraid. Uh, I see a guy that didn't want to ruffle any feathers uh, because um, earlier he said that um, he sent the message out that this isn't your guy's fault. It's just the nature and the culture of the NFL. I see a guy that's afraid. So I'm not going to see a guy that's not going to talk to the guys at my position because he's afraid. I see a guy that's going to do everything to make these guys think that, hey, we're okay. We're buddy-buddy. And that's the guy I see. I don't see that guy. I don't think he has the courage or the guts to go to practice and not speak to his teammates for three or four hours or be isolated from them. So, I mean, 
I don't agree with that one. I see a guy that is afraid. You're talking about a guy that's walking away from possibly a million dollars or close to a million dollars. And Martin, a second-year guy, that because he's afraid of the culture, of being taken advantage of. So if you're afraid or you're battered, you're not going to not speak to someone at your position. And, you're going to make Sam, them think that everything is okay. And I think you're right. I think he is afraid. And I think he, he his biggest fear is something that um, Incognito may come out and say that he may know about him. And, and you know, we, we've been... We've been waiting for something like this to happen for a while in the world of sports. And I'm not saying this is the situation that it, that it could be. But if it, if it does come out that, um, that, that Jonathan Martin is gay, how are we going to look at him? Okay, you being gay does have, doesn't have anything to do with saying, hey, what's up, you have. I'm not going to even say the, I'm not going to even say the word that, that uh, I'm not going to even give a, Richie, the, the satisfaction of saying the N-word, but uh, just they don't have anything with being gay. I, I just think that this is a mean, nasty person, man. And, and again, he has a history of, uh, of bad behavior dating back to 2003 at the University of Nebraska. 2004, he was convicted of a, of a misdemeanor. He was suspended in 2004 by Bill Callahan. Dis- transferred to Oregon, never played there. Uh, just a, a history, a long line. Voted the dirtiest player in the NFL. Um, he was punched by um, the Texas defensive end in a preseason game this year. In 2011, he was uh, Richard Seymour was fined thirty thousand dollars for punching him during the game. You're talking about just a mean, nasty person. And whether uh, Jonathan Martin, whatever his sexual preference is, that's all speculation. We're talking about this guy taking advantage of another guy. It don't have nothing to do with your sexual preference. I, I, I just feel I feel that this guy is just a mean, nasty person, whether he's a racist or, or whatever he is, he's just a he he's not a nice person right now. And he needs some some uh, therapy and anger management uh, himself. So hopefully he can get some help and maybe he'll be allowed to continue his NFL career somewhere else. But it ain't even about his NFL career. It's about getting some help. You know, and there's no doubt that that uh, Incognito has already had some kind of um, some. Um, he's had it. Uh, he's had he's had therapy. All right, and 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 there's no doubt that he was bullied and and cursed at and probably some horrible things done to him as a young child. And that's no reason for him to 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 do what he did. Sam, I'm telling you right now, this is reality what we're dealing with. And bullying is a part of reality, and speaking up is another part of it. And we've always asked kids, and we need to be telling adults, too, if someone is bullying you or pushing you around or treating you in a way that you don't think is healthy, you need to let, let someone know. You understand what I'm saying? And, and I, I commend Jonathan Martin for doing that, because, Daryl, think about the environment that this man is in he's a he's a he's a professional athlete in the national football league think about how hard it is for him to come out and say i'm being bullied by my teammates and you are definitely right we try to encourage kids to speak up when things aren't going right when someone is doing something to them because that's the only how we're going to be able to help them so just think about how tough it was for jonathan martin to to leave 
and the ridicule that he that he was going to have to face if he come back. I really don't feel that he'll ever play for the Miami Dolphins again, Jonathan Barn. Uh, it, it's probably in his best interest to be traded, to, to have a fresh start. But, but Daryl, you are so right when you said we need to encourage adults also, if they're being bullied, to speak up and do something about it. That's, that's true, Sam. But I'm going to tell you something, man. I think, I think some of us really, really look at, look at this young man, um, Jonathan Martin, and say, hey, come on. You mean, you mean you're, you're what now? You're, you're, you're 6'6", 315 pounds? And you mean someone can just call you up and say, hey, send me $15,000 and have it in $100 bills and have it here in the next three hours. And you're going to get out your bed or get out of what, stop whatever you're doing and go get this money for this person? I just can't see this, Sam. I find it tough to believe. And it has to be a whole lot more to the story than just one guy bullying another guy. It's, it's more to this. And, and, you know, and like a lot of things, time will, will make things come to the surface. It's going we'll to it. reveal a lot in time. Uh, I, I do agree. I, I really feel that uh, incognito is getting a lot of the heat right now because a lot of the racial uh, slurs that he used and just the, the, the nature and the viciousness of the, the text and the, and, and the conversation and, uh, and his history of bad behavior. I do feel that there's going to be some other guys that's involved that knew what was going on in this. So, and I'm not excusing them either. They should be held accountable just like Richie Incognito is. And they shouldn't get the, the pass uh, because, you know, it's easy to say uh, Richie has uh, been in trouble. Let's get rid of him. Let's suspend him. If Mr. Ross is going to suspend him for doing this, he needs to, to suspend everyone else that was involved, even the ones who are, are using guys and making them to uh, supplement their lavish lifestyles, $15,000 bills, $30,000 tabs. That, that's, that's uncalled for, man. And to me, you're not going to make me spend that type of money. You're going to have to knock me out. You're going to have to show me what your boxing game is like. I'd rather you have, you have to beat me every day than to take advantage of me in that way, Daryl. I would, I would agree with you wholeheartedly, Sam. But at the same time, man, you know, something must be seriously wrong here for someone to drop off 14 Gs to someone else to go to Vegas with another group of people. I mean, I mean this, is, this is a guy that came in the league with uh, – with uh, the Pouncy brother, uh, with with Pouncy, and uh, I mean, was he bullied? Yeah. Why, John, why Jonathan Martin? I mean, this is a guy. There you go. That's what I'm saying. His, he's in his second year from Stanford, but at the same time, man, sometimes people, sometimes people want to take advantage of guys that just of their kindness, man. And, and sometimes it's kind of hard to tell a veteran no, and, and it's kind of hard to speak out. That is the nature, that is the culture of the NFL, man. You've been in the locker room, you're a young guy, you're trying to make it. it, it it's kind of hard to speak out and tell guys no, man. Sam, it is hard to say, it's hard to tell guys no when they ask you to, to, to bring a dozen, don't bring in uh, five dozen donuts for the next two weeks. Yes, you know, it's hard to tell them no, you know, but when someone say, hey, bring me $15,000 tomorrow because we're going to Vegas. 
You know what you, you tell them? You, you, you know what you tell them? You tell them hell tell no. Him, you tell them hell no. Hey, guys, you're listening to Sports Info UM on the Voice America Network. We'll be right back after the break. flagship station for sports voice america sports get ready to talk sports with the big guys tune in to lockdown coverage with keith lewis every tuesday for the inside and outside of the business of sports keith and his guests will provide expert commentary and answer all of your burning questions about your favorite team the players and what's next it's time to have fun with the game Listen for Lockdown Coverage with Keith Lewis and his favorite co-hosts every Tuesday at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. The talk doesn't get any hotter. Sports and medicine go hand in hand. Quite simply, if you aren't up to your game health-wise, you won't be up to your game on the field. That's where Bruce the Sports Doc comes in. Dr. Bruce Grossinger uses his medical training and experience to bring you a link between sports and medicine. From the latest advances and treatments to discussion behind the injuries of the week, Bruce the Sports Doc and his team of guest experts are here each week to lay it on the line in terms that you can understand. Tune in every Tuesday at 5 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. If you're looking for a show that takes you through the process of becoming a successful college athlete, you'll want to tune into Get It Done Sports Radio with host Karif Bird. You'll find out about the how-tos of getting to the next level and the do's and don'ts when preparing for college athletics. It's a complete inside look at what's turning out the next generation of players. Listen live every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Sports. Internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. You're tuned in to Sports Info UM with Daryl and Sam. Call us today at 888 346 9144. That's 888 346 9144. Or send us an email at sportsinfoum3793 at gmail.com. Now, back to the show. And welcome back to Sports Info Europe. Hey, Sam, let me ask you a question. If Incognito was hitting Martin up for $14,000, and the man was only making 405000 for the season, what was he hitting a person like Tannehill up for? You know, the starting quarterback, who's a second-year player himself. You know, or Lamar Miller, who's a second-year player himself. Was he, was he, was he, um... Uh, threatening them for money as well? Hey, Daryl, when you're a bully, what do you do? You find the guy that's the weakest link and you pick on him, right? That's what bullies do, right? They prey on the weak. And, I, and I, I'm not saying that those guys are rougher or, or tougher than, uh, than Jonathan Martin, but normally you find the guy that you feel that you can take advantage of and, 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 you, take adv- and you bully him. Uh, what we know, what I found out about bullies is they don't like to be punched. So maybe if this guy would have stood up and uh, fended for himself, some of this wouldn't have happened. But at the same time, he probably feared the repercussion of some of the other veteran offense alignment or some of the other veteran defense alignment. We don't know. It's all speculation. Uh, what Incognito did, in my opinion, 
It, it wasn't right. There's no place for it in the National Football League. I'm happy that the Dolphins uh, took action and suspended him. I'm also very proud of Jonathan Martin for standing up for himself. And uh, he's probably saved a lot of guys in the National Football League because I'm sure that there's a lot of other guys who are thinking the same thing. It took a lot of courage for this young man to, to lead the team and to say that uh, that environment was stressful. Uh, but to answer your question about Tannenhill, he, I think Incognito had enough sense to know that you don't mess with the guy that they drafted to be the franchise quarterback, Daryl. Uh, why didn't he mess with Lamar Miller, a second-round, uh, I mean a second-year guy? You're talking about a guy that's from Miami, that knows a lot of people in Miami, and probably could have had some bad things happen to Incognito for little or nothing, Daryl. That's just hey. my opinion. Sam, for less than fifteen thousand, I'm sure uh, I'm sure Jonathan Martin could have had some things happen um, incognito, and he could have had some serious threats going on from, from the city of Miami, man. With about eight thousand, I take that back. A, a, a nice three crisp one thousand dollar bills could have got exactly what he needed taken care of down in South Florida, man. He didn't have to spend all this money. No, he didn't. Hey, but he did. Uh, like I said, man, I'm proud of the guy. For stepping up, doing what he felt was right. A lot of people are going to say, hey, how, how this big, tough guy that's playing in the National Football League, how he let this happen. Uh, until you're in that situation, it's a very uh, high-pressure situation. Uh, just playing in the National Football League and, and, and all of this extra stuff on your plate, I can see how it made this young man uh, go over the edge and leave. Again, very proud of you, Jonathan, for taking a stand and bringing awareness to this because, you know, hey, we know that bullying not only happens in elementary and middle schools and high schools, it happens in the National Football League, too. And uh, I, I think you said it best, Daryl, when you said it earlier. You have to speak out on it, and that's the only how we're going to be able to come up with a solution. Hey, but Daryl, in, in other news in the National Football League, man, uh, we had two coaches in the um, span of, of 24 hours, uh, John Fox of the Denver Broncos on the golf course got dizzy, uh, had signs of a heart attack. He's, he's uh, scheduled to have a heart procedure. He's going to be out for several weeks. Jack Del Rio, the former Jacksonville Jaguars coach, uh, NFL linebacker, is uh, been tapped, the interim coach. Uh, Gary Kubiak last night had signs of a stroke during the halftime of the um, – the Houston, Texas, and Indianapolis coach game. Uh, the pressure of coaching in the NFL, man. Uh, should coaching hours be regulated? You know, the NFL has done a lot to step in and make the game safer for for players. But what are they going to do about the coaches? Just because coaches don't get concussions, that don't mean that they're taking away valuable time away from their life by spending 15 to 18 hours a day in the office, Daryl. Is there something that the NFL can do to regulate the hours that coaches spend at the building? Think about, I'll never forget Dick Vermeil when he come up, uh, when he was coaching the Philadelphia Eagles and he quit because of he was burned out. It's a lot of pressure and it's a lot of hours. It's a lot of high stress of coaching in the National Football League. What are your thoughts? Well, you know, Dick Vermeil is one of the first people that we found out had a, had a bed in his office because he actually slept overnight at at the coach's office. So hey man, you know, and it's not just in in college. We have these high school coaches now 
putting in some enormous hours, man. And and so it's 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 going up the ladder, not down the ladder. So high school coaches putting in an extraordinary amount of time. College po- coaches are putting in an extraordinary amount of time. And we're never going to see this change in the NFL because these coaches in the NFL, in some cases, are making a whole lot more than players. Nowadays, there is no such thing as a, as a coach making less than a rookie. And it's just two years ago, five years, no, three years ago, it probably wasn't too many coaches making more than the first-round pick. And it just doesn't happen like that anymore. So a lot is expected because a lot is given. You know, these guys make $5 million. They're expected to be in their office 12, 13, 14 hours a day during the season. Okay, Daryl, if you go to work, let's say 6 o'clock, if you go from 6 a.m., just your guess, your opinion, you figure most of the coaches are leaving the building at what time? At night. 10, 11. Okay, if they leave at NFL 10, coaches. NFL coaches, if they leave at 10, that's 16 hours a day. Yeah. yeah. And they Come get on, up and do it again, man. They're up at 4.30, 5 o'clock in the morning. It They're repeats. the first ones there. They, they, open, they open the facilities, man. I mean, come on. You know, you know, it was a story about uh, Tom Coughlin saying he he was coaching for um, Bill Parcell, and um, apparently they had Christmas off, and Bill Parcell gave everybody Christmas off, and said Bill said he called the office just to see if he had any messages, and um, he called the office and the phone rang one time, and it was Tom Coughlin. How can I help you? It was really damn Tom Coughlin on the other end on Christmas morning, man. And Bill Parcell said, hey, man, go home and be with your family. These guys are dedicated to their craft, man, really. They're dedicated, Daryl, but at the same time, man, it takes a very special woman. Uh, You know, um, again, I I did it for two two years, the University of Michigan as a graduate assistant, and uh, I I really tip my hat to these guys, the time that they spend away for their family, uh, the hours, the hard work, the dedication they put in. But uh, it, it takes a very special person. And uh, I, I will tell you, in, in those two years, I saw a lot of guys break down and uh, just seeing how they miss their family and uh, how they pretty much miss most of their kids growing up. Uh, you know, when you're a college coach, uh, I can't really speak on the NFL level, but uh, you can't even go see your own son play on Friday night. You know, you're, know. you're, in, the, you're in the hotel and when you can sneak out, you got to go sneak out to see a prospect. So uh, it's tough. And it takes a very special woman to be married to a coach. But um, with that being said, Daryl, sitting in those meetings for 15 to 16 hours, a lot of stuff that you're coming up with, a lot of your great ideas that you're coming up with at 10, 11 o'clock at night, you already skipped over them five or six times on the board. So you so it's just like man, enough is enough. From six to eight, a nine. If you can't get it in, and that's that's a long that's a long time. Six to six is twelve hours. Six to nine is fifteen hours. If you can't get it done in fifteen hours, and and really the coaches they're not doing the grunt work. You have GAs, graduate assistants for that type of work. In the NFL, you have quality control guys. So, uh, I mean, 
And I, I will also have to say this. Guys need to know when to leave. When it's time to go home, it's time to go home. But a lot of guys are afraid to leave to be the first one out the building. So they got to sit around and they jump in these conversations that they don't want no parts of because they don't want to be seen as that guy at all. He's the last one in or he's the first one there and the first one to leave. So it's just a perception that a lot of these guys, don't. they don't want to be labeled as that guy. Sam, I agree with you. I was a I was a high school coach for many years, and I'm gonna tell you, man, you put a lot of hours in in high school. You know, you may get a check for eighteen hundred, two thousand, twenty five hundred dollars for your season. On a dollar. And when you, if you ever calculate your money, because you start practicing at two thirty, you got to be in the building at two thirty, and then you you washing uniforms, you you stretching guys, you doing this, you doing that. You may not leave the building until seven thirty. So I'm saying, hey. That's a long time. Every day. You know, that's, that's a five-hour job every day. And, and then sometimes the head coach, he may not leave at 7.30, 9 o'clock. You're taking so, guys home. You're talking to parents. You're feeding some kids because they don't have money. It's a, I agree, Daryl, man. It, it's tough. It's, it's, and the, those guys in high school are really underpaid and underappreciated. Man, what but, are you uh, talking about? I went to a high school game Friday, Sam, and... It was it was late in the fourth quarter. The team was down. The score was 21-20. Team got the ball down to the one-yard line, the team I was pulling for, my home team, Palm Coast High School. Fumbled they get the ball, the ball on the one-yard line. First down, they try to run the ball and fumble it on the one-yard line. I mean, at the end of the game, Sam, we had people in the stands yelling, fire the head coach. Fire the head coach. This is a high school coach, man. This the, dude, head this coach then, the head coach didn't fumble the ball. And the head coach, when you get the ball on the one-yard line, what uh, what are you supposed to do? Man, Throw it four times? Fire the head coach. Fire the head coach. It, it, it really made me sad, man. I mean, it, it, it bothered me. And, and to feel the stress that this man was dealing with on a high school level. Well, I will say this, Daryl. That team has lost a lot. They've lost some close games, but I, I really feel that next year they're going to be a team to watch. They have a lot of talent uh, coming, a lot of young talent. And uh, sometimes that's part of the process, man, is, is learning. you you got to learn from all of those, uh, all your failures. And uh, the head coach got to rally those guys, and he got to let them know that uh, – at the end of the day, it's about them and their teammates. They can't really worry. You hate to say it. It's their parents and uncles and cousins and friends. But they got to buy into the team concept and believe in what he's selling. And they're going to be all right because uh, he did what he's supposed to do. On the one-yard line, if it's first down, I'm going to run the football too. I would have ran it every down on the one-yard line until I got it in the end zone. Hey, but you know, man, speaking of, of coaches um, having health issues on the field, um, I think it was 1997, 1998. I was coaching a high school team in Crescent City, Florida. I was upstairs as a, as a booth coach. And I looked down, and I saw I'm talking to my head football coach. We're on offense. We're talking about the plays that were coming up. And I looked down, and I see him collapse on the field. And we were just so fortunate and so blessed that we had the ATM there, well, the, um, the, the paramedics there on the scene, and they put the pads on him on the sideline and revived him, man, got him to the emergency wagon and took him to the hospital. 
you know, and we were just really, really blessed to have him there with us at that time. Hey, guys, you're listening to Sports, Sports Info UM on The Voice America, and we are Sam and Daryl. Sam, what you think about um, this NFL coming up this week? Over the weekend, we had some great games, man. We had some a lot great of games. games. Starting on Thursday night, the Miami Dolphins, Cincinnati Bengals, uh, you're talking about a wild, wild game, a wild finish. Uh, the Dolphins came into the game three and four. A lot of distractions. I have to tip my hat to um, Coach Philbin to get those guys to come out and play. Game winning the overtime, and the Dolphins sealed the victory on the Cameron Wake uh, sack. Very exciting game to put the Dolphins at four and four. Daryl, I tell you what, this is a team that's four and four. They came in kind of reeling. But uh, this is a team that can easily be seven and two, uh, six and two, seven and one. Daryl, this is a team that's going to really be a threat coming down the home stretch. The Dolphins it, will definitely be a, a threat coming down. If they the home can stretch. overcome, if they can overcome all these distractions. Hey man, now that that you said a mouthful when you said that though. Can they overcome all of these distractions? I'm not so sure. You know, I, th- I think because I think the more we dig into this, the muddier the water is going to get, and and muddy water never shows itself clear. That is true, Daryl. Hey, but Daryl, moving along, I tell you what, there's one football team in the National Football League that's undefeated, and that's the Kansas City Chiefs. They went to um, they went to Buffalo to face a very, very feisty Buffalo Bill team, and I tell you what, the Chiefs win with defense. Defense and special teams. This team had two defensive spe- defense or special teams touchdowns yesterday. They had an interception return for a hundred yard. They had a strip fumble recovered and returned for a touchdown, and they squeaked out a close victory against the Buffalo Bills, twenty three to thirteen. I tell you what, Andy Reid really has this team playing at a high high level. Uh, Aaron Smith, he's just uh, Alex Smith. He's just a solid solid quarterback. Daryl, he's not going to do anything. To hurt his club. Um, Jamal Charles run the ball well, and this team wins with defense, man. You know, Jamal Charles runs the ball well. He averaged 5.3 yards a carry yesterday. He's, he's doing his thing, man, you know, and, 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 when, and when you think about Charles, he's always going to get you some receptions. He had six receptions on the day yesterday as well. You know, man, the guy's he's, he's a dynamite player. He's not very big in stature, but boy, he brings a heavy package to their offense. Yes, he do, Daryl. Yes, he do. The Minnesota Vikings and Dallas Cowboys squared off yesterday in the in the Taj Mahal of NFL stadiums. And uh, I, I tell you what, the Vikings they they came out and and they fought to the end yesterday. But uh, Tony Romo and uh, Dez Bryant connected late to get the Cowboys in scoring position, and Romo finished them off with a seven yard touchdown pass to Dwayne Harris with 35 seconds left to seal the victory for the Cowboys in a close one, 27 to 23 over the Minnesota Vikings. You know, it was a story came out this week, um, last week that that um, Jerry Jones is more interested in feeling the Taj Mahal than he is winning another Super Bowl. And, you know, I'm, I'm not so sure about that. You know, I know Jerry Jones has won Super Bowls in the past, and I know he desperately wants to win another Super Bowl. But I, I, I think he is very happy with what he sees in his 
and it's fanfare of the stadium. It seems like it's all about the stadium now. Whether they win or lose, they still have a it's packed the three, house. It's the theatrics. Yeah, it's the, the theatrics of the stadium. You know what I mean? They got dances in the stadium, and, you know, they got the big screen and everything. So how do you feel about that? You think Jerry Jones is more interested in filling his stadium, filling his Taj Mahal, than winning hey, Darryl, a we're gonna answer that. We're going to answer that right after the break. You're listening to Sports Info UM on the Voice American Network. We'll be right back after the break. flagship station for sports voice america sports are you a real sports fan get ready to talk football and anything else sports with kwame lassiter formerly with the arizona cardinals san diego chargers and st louis rams kwame's got the experience so he's prepared to talk sports with you every week on kwame lassiter's sports talk it's on the Voice America Sports Network every Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, and Friday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, 12 noon Eastern Time. Get ready for an unpredictable, fun, and sometimes sarcastic look at the world of sports. That's Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk on the Voice America Sports Network. Do you love sports talk? Can't get enough sports talk? Have we got a show for you. It's about the NFL training camps, Super Bowl previews, a look at the new starting quarterbacks, and weekly key injuries. We'll take your calls and emails right on the air. Former Philadelphia Eagle James Loving is your host, and you never know who'll drop by for a co-host spot or an interview on the spot. Tune in to Loving That Sports Talk with James Loving every Wednesday at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. You may not know all their names, but you certainly know what they did. They helped make this game into what it is today. Now we can do more to help them. The NFL Alumni Association is proud to assist our retired players to help make their lives better today and tomorrow. To learn more, please visit NFLalumni.org. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. You're tuned in to Sports Info UM with Daryl and Sam. Call us today at 888-346-9144. That's 888-346-9144. Or send us an email at sportsinfoum3793 at gmail.com. Now, back to the show. And welcome back to Sports Info UM. Sam, yesterday the Titans beat the Rams 28-21, man. Yeah, that was a Chris. That was a Chris Johnson sighting yesterday. There, I'll tell you what, man. Twenty-three carries, one hundred and fifty yards, two touchdowns. The Tennessee Titans roll. They get back to five hundred, four and four, with a twenty-eight twenty-one victory over the Rams. Yeah, this running back Zach Stacy, he's doing some things, man. Uh, twenty-seven rushes, one hundred twenty-seven yards. I like what he's doing for that team. Hey, man! But yesterday, the Saints lost to the Jets in New York. That was very surprising. They lost twenty to twenty six. Geno Smith. 
the Ryan boys squared off. Geno Smith, man, uh, Geno's been a little inconsistent, but I tell you, man, uh, he didn't have the, the greatest of days yesterday, but the one thing I got to tip my hat to is he protected the football, Daryl, and that goes a long way in determining who's going to win, especially in the National Football League in the New York Jets won a turnover batter, two to zip, and that was the difference besides them running the ball, man. They controlled the clock, and uh, they pounded the New Orleans Saints yesterday. 36 carries as a team, 198 yards. They averaged five and a half yards a carry, and they scored two touchdowns on the ground, led by the strong effort of Chris Ivory. 18 carries, 139 yards, and a touchdown. And this, to me, Darrell, had to be one of the biggest upsets of uh, the uh, – of the NFL season and yesterday. I, I would agree with you, especially when you see Drew Brees throw for three times as many yards as Geno Smith. This was definitely an upset. Hey, but the Chargers beat the Redskins. Robert won. No, the Chargers lost to the Redskins. Robert won yesterday, man. Come on. I like that. I mean, this was a wild game, Daryl. The Chargers got the ball down on what looked like a touchdown. Uh, after the instant replay, they spotted the ball at the one-yard line, and the Chargers could not score, and the game went into overtime, and the Redskins ended up victorious with a 30-24 to victory. I'll tell you what, man, this Redskins skin team is only going to go as far as Alfred Morris take them. To me, when they get the running game going, it opens up everything else for the Redskins. I, I would agree with you, um, Sam. When you see this kid, Alpha Mars, 25 rushes, 121 yards. And then we look at Robert Griffin. He threw for 291 yards, one interception, and no touchdowns. And so, hey, I think uh, Alpha Mars, he definitely is a key for this team to be successful. Yes, he is, Daryl. Hey, but Daryl, man, I tell you, one of the hottest teams in football right now is the Carolina Panthers. The maturation of Cam Newton. You're talking about a guy that's almost lost in the shuffle when you talk about some of the great young quarterbacks, Daryl. He threw two interceptions yesterday, but Cam is doing a better job of uh, making decisions for his team. And you're talking about one of the best defenses in football outside of Kansas City. Uh, you're talking about the Carolina Panthers. And, uh, man, one of the most disciplined point teams in the National Football League, the Atlanta Falcons. They got took behind the woodshed yesterday. The Carolina Panthers 34, Atlanta Falcons 10. You know, but Cam Newton, man, he's still, you know, 23 or 37, 249 yards, two interceptions. You know, that's just, that's, that's always going to look, we're going to always look at that and look at that as hurting him. You know, he can't turn the ball over in the in NFL. You just can't do it. Yeah. No, hey, but the Falcons, man, on the other end, they seem to be just going in the opposite direction as the Panthers. The Falcons are really struggling, man. Steven Jackson is not there anymore. It's, you know, he came to that team to, to produce a running game, but his health has been a question the entire season. Yes, it has, and he, along with the rest of that team, has been a major disappointment. They have suffered some injuries. Steven Jackson, Julio Jones, Roddy White, but, uh, man, it's it's been tough for Arthur Blank and the Atlanta Falcons. Hey, Daryl, man, yesterday the Philadelphia Eagles went to Oakland, my old stumping grounds, and, man, Nick Foles put on the show. Uh, he said, hey, Peyton Manning, 50-some days ago you threw for seven touchdowns. 
I can one-up you, man. This guy, 22 of 28, 406 yards, seven touchdowns, Daryl. Well, uh, you're talking about a man on fire. I really feel bad for that Oakland Raiders secondary yesterday that just got picked apart. And in the process of the beatdown, Terrell Pryor and Darren McFadden was injured for the Oakland Raiders. So, man, you're talking about getting taken to the woodshed. I really had Oakland beating the Eagles yesterday, but to my surprise, the Eagle, the Eagles remained one game behind the Cowboys in uh, probably one of the most interesting races in all of the National Football League. Yeah, it is. But are we looking at a Kevin Cobb and Nick Foles? I mean, are we looking at a guy that's probably going to be with – another team next year, or maybe even sign a humongous contract with the Philadelphia Eagles after they get rid of Michael Vick, and he just turns into a Kevin Cobb. Just a Brinks truck backing up to, to some franchise and taking the money. I don't see him doing it in Philadelphia because the owner came out and said that they, they're still looking for a franchise quarterback. So when the owners say that, that means the the guy that, the the three guys that are on your roster they're not the franchise they're not a franchise uh, quarterback. Nick Foles' audition is not over yet. He still he has a couple more games, and, and I'm sure Michael Vick is not coming back this week. And you know, all it takes is like three games in this league. You have three great games in this league. Three good games in this league can get you paid at quarterback. Potential will get you paid. But, Daryl, yesterday, man, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers went to Seattle. They were up by 21 points on the Seattle Seahawks, and they allowed the Seahawks to come back and kick a field goal late to beat them. Man, you're talking about a team that just don't know how to win. They can't get it together. It was a battle of two of the best uh cornerbacks in the National Football League. What are your thoughts on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers? They got out to a strong start, but they faltered down the end. Well, you know, um, I'm quick to say that I don't think an NFL team is going to go over. And I think the Tampa Bay Buccaneers just missed an opportunity yesterday to win a game. And I really think if Shiano had any glimpse of saving his job, he lost it yesterday by, by losing that the big lead that they had at, at 21 points at one point. So, hey, I think Shiano, he definitely has to go. But um, if he was going to have a chance or a glimmer of, of saving his job, he lost it yesterday. Now, Dale, let me ask you, is it possible for two teams in the same state to go 0-16? Because right now the Jaguars and the Bucks are on a collision course. They're fighting for that number one pick in the draft. The Jaguars... Um, will win a game at home this year, and I think it's going to be the Cardinals. I'm going to try and go and see the Jaguars play the Cardinals so I can be there for their only win this season. And we will, the jury's still out on that. Daryl, yesterday, the Baltimore Ravens and Cleveland Browns squared off yesterday in Cleveland. You're talking about a great football game. The Cleveland Browns came out victorious 24-18. to i tell you one thing. Jason Campbell has just, man, he's just shown that Nick, that uh, Brandon Whedon is not the answer. You're talking about 23 of 35, 262 yards, three touchdowns, and he made a great play late when the um, when Chazinski decided to go for it on fourth and one. He scrambled and made a play, throwing the ball across his body for uh, a two yard completion to keep the to keep the chains moving and to seal the victory over the Baltimore Ravens. Just a great game yesterday. I had Cleveland beat Baltimore. Man, I, I went on a gut feeling, and it sure worked out, Daryl. 
you know, and um, and Jason Cameron has been a formidable quarterback in this league for a long time, man. And and I'm so happy to see him get an opportunity because some people have really, really just wrote him off as being a starting quarterback in this league. He's proven that he can start in this league, and and I really think it would be in the best interest of the Cleveland Browns to try to build something around Jason Campbell, man. And, hey, congratulations, Rob Jasinski, former University of Miami tight end, now the head coach of the Cleveland Browns. Yes, sir. Daryl, yesterday the Pittsburgh Steelers gave up the most points in the history of the franchise. They got shellacked 55-31 by the New England Patriots, a Patriots offense that has been stuck Stuck in reverse, and uh, Brady and the boys finally got it going yesterday. Uh, Tom Brady, 23 of 33, 432 yards, four touchdowns, no interceptions. Steven really went over 100 yards rushing. You're talking about a balanced attack. Uh, New England rushed the ball for 197 yards. The Pittsburgh Steelers gave up 610 yards of total offense. Just very unstiller like. And, man, I tell you, there's a lot of questions to be answered in Pittsburgh. A lot of. And, you know, Sam, I told you coming into the season, and uh, I thought Tomlin could be the first coach the Pittsburgh Steelers ever fired. And I really think that um, this may have have knocked a few nails in the coffin for him when you lose by the biggest margin in the history of the franchise. You know, you just don't see that in this day and age of of, of pass-happy teams in the NFL where a storied franchise like the Pittsburgh Steelers would lose by such a huge margin. Have a team score 55 points on them? That's just unheard of, man. And and make it and, and it being the New England Patriots even adds more salt on the wound for the Pittsburgh Steelers fan and it's and the Steelers nation. That is true, Daryl. Hey, but Daryl, Sunday night yesterday we had a great game in Houston, Texas, man. Case Keenum got to start again over Shop, and I tell you what, there's no quarterback controversy in uh, in Houston. We have a new quarterback, Keenum, 20 of 34, 350 yards, three touchdowns. And man, he really found Andre Often early, Andre Johnson early and often from the U. Nine catches, 229 yards, and three touchdowns. But the guy who stole his thunder late was T.Y. Hilton, who had six catches in the second half to finish with seven receptions, 121 yards, and three touchdowns as the coach rallied late. They were down 21-3 at the half. They rallied late to beat Houston 27-24. You know, it was a lot. It was a big question mark of um, how would this team handle playing without the great Reggie Wayne from the University of Miami. But um, T.Y. Hilton, man, really stepped up, and he showed some leadership yesterday and showed that he's a formidable player in this league, man, and I think he can make some things happen. You know, Reggie Wayne probably is never going to be the same Reggie Wayne that we've grown accustomed to seeing. But He's I not really going to ever be replaced either, though, Darryl. Yeah, well, I'm not, not saying he's going to be replaced, but I'm saying we see that they have someone that can step up and, 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 and make plays for this team. You know, because we're wondering who was going to be the person stepping up and making plays for the for the Indianapolis Colts. And now we see um, Hilton can make plays for this team. 
Hayward Bay is also going to have to step up. It's, I think it's going to be a, a by committee job to, to get it done. Uh, I really feel that the coach, they got to get more out of Trent Richardson. He's been a disappointment since the trade. But hey, Daryl, man, we got two minutes to close. We got to get to the college football action. The BCS, uh, the new BCS poll is out. Florida State leapfrog Oregon. But really how this is going to work, folks. Oregon plays the University of Stanford this Thursday night. If Oregon beats Stanford, they are going to surpass Florida State in the BCS rankings. But I tell you what, that Florida State team, that's a great team. And uh, if you want to ask anybody about how great Florida State is, ask the University of Miami. Saturday night, 8 o'clock in Tallahassee, the University of Miami went to Tallahassee trying to knock Florida State from the the unbeaten ranks. And I tell you what, they ran into a buzzsaw in the second half, and Florida State gave the Hurricanes everything, everything they were looking for and then some. There was no wide left, no wide left or wide right. It didn't come down to that. Florida State beat the hey, University man, of Miami. Hey, man, you done? How, 40, how long are you going to go on about this, 14. man? But hold on, man. I, now, I'm going to be fair. There was two teams in the state of Michigan. Uh, Michigan, the University of Michigan, my Wolverines, and the Michigan State Spartans. We asked for a brawl. They wanted a, a, a brass knuckle brawl. Only one team showed up. Michigan State took us to the woodshed. It was embarrassing to watch as a former Wolverine the beatdown that they gave us. Our offensive line was terrible, and even some of the uncharacteristic things that some of our leaders were doing, uh, we acted more like Michigan State than the University of Michigan. Hey, Daryl, we're down to our last 60 seconds, man. Hey, man, I'm going to say this. University of Miami dropped down to number 14. But how in the world can we have these teams with two losses ahead of us? University of South Carolina has two losses. Texas A&M got two losses. And these teams are ahead of us. I just don't see it happening. Hey, but it makes us a stronger team. We have to come back, win the rest of our games, and have an opportunity to play Florida State in the ACC championship, man. What are the, wouldn't want to be a wonderful experience if we could play them one more time in the ACC championship. And get beat by 27 again. Hey, guys, you're listening to Sports Info. You have on the Voice America Network. We'll see you next week. Peace. Thanks again for listening. Daryl Oliver and Sam Sword will be back again next Monday at 5 p.m. Pacific Time, 8 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel for more Sports Info UM. We'll see you then.